This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, September 28, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. The feds would like to create a new racial category for government surveys, this one for Middle Easterners and North Africans. Cato's Alex Narasta has looked at the arguments for such an expansion of racial classification and found them wanting. His new paper on the topic is available today. We spoke earlier this week. Where did the U.S. get racial classification? Why, why, was that, why did that become a thing? So it's been created uh, over a very long period of time uh, by government rules. Going back in the census a very long time, there are different uh, categories of race, uh, white, black, American Indian, uh, and then different categories of Asians over time that have evolved. In the later half of the 20th century, the government did add some additional categories like Hispanic which is based on uh, language. (laughs) So it's not, uh, but it appears as an ethnic category. So it includes people from Spain as well as any Spanish speaker in the New World. And in addition, they added a category of Asian, which includes people from Pakistan in the West to Japan in the East and everything in between. Vastly different Groups of people who have basically nothing in common, except they are on a big landmass called Asia, but not all Asians, of course, just from Pakistan East. The reason why Pakistanis and Indians are included in that Asian category is due to lobbying in the 1980s so that they can get preferences in some government contracts. So it's not really due to the perceptions that people have about themselves or each other so much as it is a government classification system that informs contracting, affirmative action, school admissions, as well as tries to be kind of consistent with how people view themselves and each other. Why? Is there some sort of public benefit to be had by categorizing all the people who are in the United States by racial categories? Seems like that could cause problems. I think it does cause a lot of problems. Now, importantly, this is not the government looking at individuals and assigning them a race or ethnicity or anything like that. This is individuals having categories to choose from on government forms, university admissions, in the census, etc. What what is the the benefit of this? I don't think there is a benefit, and the costs are uh, tremendous. Historically. Uh, The U.S. government has used census microdata on specific ancestry, self-identified ancestry, to say more efficiently target Japanese Americans at the beginning of uh, World War II for internment. So that's obviously a very large cost. Uh, But another cost that is something we're dealing with today is that the government uses this data to inform its affirmative action policies in federal hiring and federal contracting and universities. Firms use these as guidance also for affirmative action or hiring preferences. And so without this type of data, those types of policies would be uh, very difficult to put into effect. They'd be difficult to implement you definitely, to create this sort of hierarchy of who is suffering the most under the United States would be, would be hard to, to discern and to implement. So I think that by itself is a very large cost. Um, at the beginning of the war on terrorism, 
there is some evidence, not conclusively proven, but some evidence that the U.S. government did use uh, microdata on ancestry of Americans to try to do more immigration enforcement, for instance, in communities uh, who are more likely uh, to be uh, Middle Eastern and North, North African, part of a general sort of anti-terror policing effort at the beginning of the war on terrorism. So there's lots of different costs that could be imposed or have been imposed by the government due to this classification system. So speaking of Middle Easterners and North Africans, what does the OMB want to do? For the last 40 years, folks in the United States have been arguing to create a new racial category that basically would encompass like Middle Eastern and North Africans or, or Arabs more broadly. And there's been a lot of back and forth about this. Who do we include? Should Israelis be included, for instance? Should Iranians be included who don't think of themselves as Arabs, etc.? So this has been like 40 years of basically debate about this. And the OMB, after talking to lots of uh, advocates and professors and other types of people who have an interest in this, has promulgated a regulation proposing, among other things, to create a new racial category for Middle East and North Africans. That includes, you know, Moroccans in the West, but also Israelis, Iranians, Afghans, Turks, uh, and, and everyone in between. So it's not like specifically, of course, Arab, because that includes lots of different other ethnic and racial groups in it, but it is predominantly Muslim or would be predominantly Muslim. And so they're arguing that this will give more granularity to the American census and community and data. A lot of advocates are arguing this will allow for more targeted programs like affirmative action, for instance, for members of these groups. Others are arguing quite disingenuously, in my opinion, that, well, we just don't have data on these individuals and we need to understand what they're doing. And then others are sort of arguing from this feelings-based perspective that uh, in order to have their identities affirmed, they need to have a box on government forms to check. I, I know that last one is like absurd, but that is one that comes up frequently. And I just can't help but like stifle laughter uh, when I read it. But it is made in earnestness. So it, none of those seem compelling at all. Oh, none of them are. Um, I, I don't think any of them are um, compelling. I mean, I had this great conversation with a fellow who is a you know, classically liberal Bangladeshi American. He was born here, but his family's Bangladeshi. And I was asking him what he thinks about it. And he goes, well, we, you know, do we just don't feel like we're white. Uh, you know, we're different. We have different in some different ways. And I said, well, that's great, but you're Bangladeshi. You're already counted in the Asian category and this new system wouldn't actually include you. So what, what do you mean we? Like this doesn't include you under any reasonable, uh, under this justification. And I said, you know, I'm pretty sure like a lot of Greeks feel differently. Greek Americans feel differently from Americans of like Icelandic extraction. But so what? I mean, these are arbitrary categories that don't make any sense. I would argue for getting rid of these questions and surveys, government surveys and others. I think that's probably the best reform that we can do. Adding more of them doesn't really make any sense, especially since we have all this data in the U.S. Census anyway because they ask about your ancestry. So you can tease it out any way you want if you're mildly competent with statistical software. So we don't actually get any more information. You sort of impute what that number would look like. So what do we know now? So what we know now is uh, Middle Eastern or North African Americans, there's about 3.8 million of them, 
and they have higher household income than white Americans and are more educated than white Americans, but are still a little bit below Asian Americans. So the argument that Middle East and North Africans are going to be beneficiaries of any kind of affirmative action regime is entirely false. Functionally, how affirmative action works in the United States is you have to be a member of a group that basically does worse than white people. And white people are somehow are, are slightly uh, diminished in that. And then Asian people especially diminished in these hierarchies of categories uh, for competing for jobs or university admissions, etc. What's interesting is if you add a Middle East and North African category, Middle East and North Africans will also be uh, somewhat discriminated against in, in these types of systems. So rather than being the beneficiaries of any kind of affirmative action regime, Middle Eastern and North Africans would actually be punished, not as much as Asians are, but more than white Americans are. So how do advocates square that? I mean, they have to know roughly that that is the case. How do they square that with their advocacy on creating new racial categories? So you think they'd know, but one of the primary justifications for this has also been from advocacy groups is, well, we, we don't know, actually. We don't know anything about this, which... I'm not sure if that is, is honest or if these results are known or people have done this before and they just filed away the results. The only times I've seen results like these published are for immigrants themselves, not taking a look at native-born Americans of Middle East, North African ancestry. So one of the projects of, you know, one of the purposes of writing this paper is to let advocates who are Middle Eastern, who represent Middle East, North Africans, uh, know about this result. And to let them know that under any kind of affirmative action or university admission schemes that would try to favor people from disadvantaged categories or racial and ethnic categories, that Middle Eastern North Africans will actually be discriminated against. Now, this is less of a concern now than it was like six months ago because of the SFFA versus Harvard decision. But even in places like California and their state university system, which has an even harsher ban on affirmative action than that created by the SFFA decision, there is still always going to be a little bit of affirmative action if university admissions want it, uh, administ administrators want it. I mean, it's a lot less than it would be if they had free reign, but there's always going to be a little bit. And to the extent that that exists, Middle East and North Africans are going to be discriminated against. And if this system ever comes back of affirmative action, university admissions, then Middle Easterners and North Africans, because of this racial category, uh, it will be known that they are very well off and they would be discriminated under any new system that could be created. Alex Narasta is author of Cato's new paper on federal plans to create a new racial category for Middle Easterners and North Africans. It's available now. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please. And thank you for listening. 